And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I am I am suffering from jet lag. I am seriously suffering from jet lag. Why, why am I suffering from jet lag? Because I just spent two weeks on what I would consider vacation. Now, for those of you that are regular listeners to the show, you know that I am real estate retired. I got to a point in my life where I was able to retire myself based off of investing correctly in real estate. And as a result of that, I don't work. I really don't work. Okay, now granted, I do this radio show three hours a week, but beyond that, I, I don't have any other duties or responsibilities or anything like that. So the rest of my time is my time. So when it comes to taking a vacation, how do you take a vacation when you're already technically on vacation? Well, what you do is you, you get on a plane and you go to some place that you haven't been to either in a while or never at all, and you get off the plane and you have a good time. And that's exactly what the Gordon family did. We got on a plane. We went to another state. We hung out for two weeks. We, we kind of did a family reunion. Now, let me, let me just be real clear with you. We had gone to this state about 15 years ago, and we had a family vacation that lasted about two weeks. Now, it was a memorable, a very memorable family vacation. And the reason it was memorable is, is well, I'll just be, be blunt. It was the last family vacation that my family took. Yeah, 15 years ago was the last family vacation my family took together as a family. Now, my kids were a lot younger. They were, uh, how old were they? Gosh, they, were, they weren't even teenagers yet. That, that just gives you an idea of how young they were. My wife and I were a lot younger, and we went on vacation to this state, and we hung out for a couple of weeks, and we had a really good time. But because of the, the state of the world, because of what I did for employment, I, I was in the United States Army for 27 years, and because 9-11 had happened, and because the world was basically essentially at war, VIA, the United States, and Afghanistan— um, I got busy. And as a result of being busy, we couldn't take any of those family vacations anymore. So this family vacation that we just took was a reunion. It was going back to a place that we had been to 15 years ago and, and doing some of the things that we did 15 years ago, but doing mostly things that we hadn't done yet. And really, it was designed to reconnect as a family. It was designed to kind of get back some of what we lost because of the fact that, well, I served in the United States Army and my time wasn't my own. So where did I go? You're wondering where I went. Okay, I've got, I've got some clues for you. Now, those of you that know where I went, stop yelling at the radio. I know you know where I went. But let me just give you some clues as to where we went. The first clue is this. This is actually the southernmost state in the United States. Let me give you a little more information. Maybe this will, will help you out. The state's coastline is the fourth longest in the United States. So there's three other states that have a longer coastline than this, this state, but this state is the number four coastline. All right, how about this? It is one of the most diverse population mixes, not only in the United States, but in the world. In this particular state, there is actually no majority. There is no majority. There is no one group of people that makes up 50.1% of the population. 
Yeah, there's no majority in the state. Everybody's a minority. Yeah. All right. You ready for it? Now I'm going to give you now I'm going to give you the clue. It's going to give it away in, in case you haven't gotten it yet. This state is comprised entirely of islands. Yes, I was in the Aloha state. I was hanging out in Hawaii. And I will tell you what, I got some sticker shock. Boy, did I get sticker shock. Now, I live in Texas, and Texas is one of the states in the United States of America that has probably one of the lower costs of living. One of the reasons Tina and I decided to to leave the state of California and retire in the state of Texas was partially because of its lower cost of living. Also, we wanted to get away from some of the craziness that is going on in the state of California, and we were probably some of the early adopters to the, the migration away from California. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not picking on California, but I loved living in California, but I can't live there anymore because it's too expensive and it's a little bit too crazy. So I live in Texas as a result of that. But I visit other states because I'm retired and I have the means, the financial means to do these things. Now, we went to Hawaii for two weeks. It's not cheap. Now you think about it. There's airline travel, right? It was four tickets. I had to buy four tickets to get us to Hawaii. And then We had to have accommodations. So we had accommodations for two weeks. Think about what it costs to stay in Hawaii. Now, let me just tell you where we stayed. We stayed right on the water's edge. I would get up every morning and I would walk out of my two-bedroom accommodations, and there was a full kitchen in there, so it kind of gives you an idea of what's going on. I would walk right outside of my two-bedroom accommodations, and I would walk right onto the beach. I was literally 15 feet away from where the waves crash onto the beach. I got to listen to the waves crashing on the beach all night long. It puts you into such a wonderful slumber. It's amazing. Okay, so so we've got the cost for the airline. We've got the cost for the accommodations. Now, we had to have a way to get around, right? So what did I do? I rented a, well, I rented a full-size truck because we had luggage for four people and we had four people. So I got a full-size truck so that we could haul our gear around. So there was, there was a cost for that and the gas for that. And then, oh, yeah, you got to feed these people, too. Now, we did eat in the two-bedroom accommodations from time to time because there was a full kitchen in there. But we also ate out. So every time we ate out, it was easily, easily 100 bucks a shot. Easily 100 bucks a shot to eat out. And we were eating out at least one time a day. So put all these costs together and come up with a number in your mind for what it cost me to go to Hawaii. So let me take you back to... The old vacations, that that whole concept of spending the first half of your vacation just trying to get to a place of peace and quiet so that you can enjoy the rest of your vacation. And then the rest of your vacation would hit and, and it wasn't enough time. Right. And then before you knew it, you were right back in the fray. You're back to working you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, running 110, 120, 130 miles per hour in your mind, right? You know what I'm talking about. All right. And then you just do that day in and day out, day in and day out, because that's what you're conditioned to do. And even though you took that vacation, that vacation recharged your batteries a little bit, but there wasn't enough recharging going on to sustain you for the next 50 to 51 weeks, was it? Okay. This vacation for me, completely different, completely different. As soon as I landed in Hawaii, I was like, on island time. I was on island time. I, I didn't have to be anywhere at a set in time. I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to see anybody. I didn't have to do nothing. And you know what? I did a whole lot of nothing. And you know how much I enjoyed it? Immensely. Immensely. I immensely enjoyed doing nothing. It was it was amazing. And, and here's the other thing. My mind wasn't racing going, 
You got to be doing something, dude. You got to be doing something. You got to be, you know what I'm talking about, right? Because that's where your mind is at. Now, some of you, some of you are able to, even though you work in corporate America or you work in the military industrial complex or you work in some other aspect of the world, you're, you're working really hard. And maybe some of you guys have figured out how to take two weeks off and actually get to a point where you recharge your batteries, right? Yeah. But, but here's, the, here's the problem that you have. That vacation costs money, right? And, and you haven't carved out any money in order to pay for that vacation. You're putting it on credit cards. So, so what do you do? You go on vacation, you charge up a bunch of money, and then you try and pay that money off over the next year, right? That's, that's your approach. And what does that do to you? It stresses you out about the vacation because now all of a sudden your bills just went up. Your costs, your expenses of living just went up because now you have to make an additional credit card payment to pay off that lovely trip you went on. And you also, if you're not paying it off every month, you're also paying interest, right? So we know what the interest rates are on those credit cards, right? It's terrible, right? So what about me? Didn't I do the same thing? And the short answer is no. No, I didn't. I didn't do that at all. Now, let me, be, let me be very clear and tell you I used a credit card. I actually used two different credit cards on this trip. And what I will do when that bill comes in is I will pay those cards off. I am, I am what the credit card companies call a deadbeat. I'm a total deadbeat. I charge stuff up on my credit cards, and when the bill comes, I pay off the amount in full. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even look at what was the last statement. No, I don't even care about that. What is the current statement amount effective the day I'm going to pay it off? And I pay it off. How did I do that? I did it with real estate. I did it by investing correctly into real estate assets, both single family and multifamily assets. These assets pay me something called cash flow. When that cash flow comes in, I can use that cash flow for anything that I want to use it for, anything at all. I chose to use a good portion of the cash flow that came in in this year for this trip. This was a trip designed to focus on my family. Now, those of you that are longtime listeners, you know that my son recently came home from a military deployment. So this was part of the the reintroduction of my son back into the world and away from military service and to show them that, but basically to show him that there's still a world out here that isn't as crazy as the military can be. And so my son use this time to decompress. We did a lot of scuba diving. We did a lot of uh, spear fishing. We did a lot of, we did a lot of water related stuff. We actually rented, uh, we rented a, what, what do you call that? A, a boat. Yeah, we rented a boat. Now I didn't rent the boat and where I was the captain. No, I rented the boat with a captain and crew and we went out deep sea fishing. We caught mahi mahi. We got a marlin on. Unfortunately, the marlin got off, but we spent the entire day out in the water on this boat that I rented out just for my family. Now, how did I do that? Again, the answer is with the passive income that comes from real estate investing. I will tell you that it wasn't just one property that paid for this trip. No, I'd I'd be a fool if I told you that, because that's not true. It was the income that came from multiple sources, multiple real estate assets that I pulled the money together and set it aside so that it would be available for us for this trip. Now, when when the dust all settled... When I, when I did my accounting, and I, I did this before the show, I probably shouldn't have done this before the show, we wound up spending somewhere around twelve grand for the trip. 
It was a $12,000 two-week vacation. Now, some of you are going, wow, that's really cheap for Hawaii. And I know you guys are Lifestyles Unlimited members, aren't you? Yeah, I'm still a pretty cheap guy. I am a cheap guy. But at the end of the day, I was able to carve out $12,000 so that I could entertain not only myself but my family and reconnect with my family, spend time with my family, doing things that only my family and I did. We spent the entire time as a family unit reconnecting, refocusing on what it is we're trying to do. And here's the other beautiful thing. My two children are now adults. They are, they are full-fledged adults. So from the time we went to Hawaii 15 years ago, they were children. This time when they went, they were full-fledged adults. So we did things that full-fledged adults did. And here's the other thing. I'm looking at this trip as a springboard for my kids. This is their opportunity to, to peel away from mom and dad and go out and do great things. Now, we come back from the break. I'm going to tell you about a property I found in Hawaii. Yeah, I was looking at real estate. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. What is Del Wamsley, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, up to in today's market? I'm out there right now looking and buying everything I can get my hands on for a better deal. A better deal than what I could get it for a week before. And I'll just keep buying. I did that back in 2008. I bought a property worth $35,000 a door. I bought it for $26,000 a door. Next month or so, I bought the same age property and I bought it for like $19,000 a door. But by buying at 26 when they were getting killed from 35 down to 26, buying at 26, let the broker know I was a buyer in a downward spiraling market. And so, from that point on, I bought three or four more. I can't remember exactly. I, mean, I think it was four more I bought from there. And the brokers were just bringing them to me. Go, look, you seem to be the only guy buying right now. Are you ready to take advantage of the wave of opportunity coming to those who know what they're doing? Join us for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And I will apologize to you. I do have a Hawaii hangover. Now, I don't drink. Now, let me be very clear. I quit drinking, like, I don't know, a month or so ago. So I don't drink anything at all. So it's not that kind of hangover. It's a hangover you get after you've spent time doing something that you really looked forward to doing. We have been looking forward to this Hawaii trip since literally the beginning of the year when we planned this whole thing. Okay. Now let me, let me get into what I really want to talk to you about. I was looking at real estate in Hawaii. Now, part of the reason I was looking at real estate in Hawaii is I was trying to get something called sticker shock. So I, I looked on the internet and I, and I, the first thing that struck me was that I was able to find properties that I could buy that price-wise were commensurate with properties that I could buy in Texas. Yeah, commensurate prices. So what do I mean by commensurate prices? Well, I mean stuff that was on the market for like $150,000 or $200,000 or $250,000. And I thought, wow. What is going on in Hawaii? Because Hawaii is supposed to be this, this real high-cost area. Man, maybe, maybe I should be looking into Honolulu to buy some property. And then I realized, 
why those properties were so, quote unquote, inexpensive compared to the rest of the market. All of those properties were condominiums. The reason we don't like condominiums is because you don't have any control as an owner over anything that happens in that condominium complex because you have something called an HOA, a homeowners association that makes decisions on everything that affects that particular complex. They make decisions on when they assess you additional money because they want to make changes or repairs to the property. And what does that do to you? That increases your expenditures and you have no control over those expenditures. We don't want you to buy condominium type properties specifically for that reason. So I had to eliminate Every single one of those properties. I mean, here I'm thinking, wow, I've hit the mother load here. While I'm here in Hawaii, I'm just going to start buying properties left and right. All those properties are prone to problems. So then I started looking for, all right, well, what about single family properties? Or what about duplexes, triplexes, or fourplexes? I actually found a property for $895,000. So I started looking into this property and I thought, wow, this property is kind of interesting. As a matter of fact, what I'm noticing about this property, and I'm just looking at the, the photos of this property online, there's not one, there's not two, there's not three, but there are four, four electric meters, four electric meters on this property. And what I'm starting to realize is that, is that this is not just single family asset class. This is a fourplex in a single family area. And I start realizing there are four units on the property. One of the units is a five-bedroom, one-bath. That's kind of out of balance, isn't it? The next unit is a two-bedroom, one-bath. And then there's another one-bedroom, one-bath. And finally, a fourth one-bedroom, one-bath. And I'm thinking, okay, five-bedroom, one-bath, that's, that's a little bit weird, but it's doable. Two-bedroom, one-bath, that's, that's definitely doable. And two one-bedroom, one-baths, those are definitely doable. Square footage is 1,304 square feet, according to the assessor's office in Hawaii, 1,304 square feet. So I take the address and I put it on Google Maps. This is a single family house that somebody has carved up and manipulated, however they manipulated, and they turned this single family house that's 1,300 and change square feet into a fourplex that has a five bedroom, one bath, a two bedroom, one bath, a one bedroom, one bath, and another one bedroom, one bath. When I, what caught my attention was the fact that this property was on the market for like $900,000. It was less than what commensurate properties were going for in other areas of Oahu. So what's my cash flow on this property going to be? Cash flow is going to be about $1,600 a month. But here's the problem. It took $80,000 for me to obtain this asset to produce a 24% cash flow for me. There's a better way, folks. But I'm just going to tell you right now, spending $80,000 to buy one asset that isn't pure multifamily. This isn't pure multifamily. This is considered a fourplex. And as I did more research on it, I found out this. The county assessor in Hawaii thinks that that property is still a single family house. Yeah. So that means you might have some zoning issues if the people in Hawaii figure out that you're actually operating a fourplex on a property that's zoned as a single family house. So I'm, I'm going to reject it on those two factors right there. Here's another property 
This is a property that we could buy in, well, this is in Texas. It's up in the uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And it's a property that's going to require about $38,000 out of our pocket. Now, this property is going to produce about $260 a month in cash flow. Now, you're, you're saying, well, wait a minute, Al. Hold on. Time out, Al. That's, that's not even close, commensurate with the cash flow of the Hawaii property. It sounds like that we would, if we bought this property, we would take on less cash flow. Now, albeit, we're only going to put $40,000 into the property. We're not going to put $80,000 into it, but we're not going to get that whopping $16,000 worth of cash flow. We're only going to get a $260 a month in cash flow. I, I hear you. I hear you. But here's what you don't understand. I am also looking at something called the equity positions of these properties. Now, this Hawaii property that was on the prop on the market, I, I should say it was on the market for $900,000. Remember, I said maybe we could get it for $800,000, but I don't see any compelling reason, especially where it's priced in the market right now, why that seller would even come down $100,000 just to entertain us as buyers. So you're probably not going to get the $900,000 property for $800,000 because I think they've got it priced appropriately. So you're probably going to spend $900,000 for it. So you're probably going to spend $90,000 cash out of pocket in order to get that, that deal done. Here's the other problem. At $900,000 for the purchase price, you're only going to capture about $30,000 in equity. Maybe. Maybe. And it's really going to be closer to zero. And I'm only basing that on the fact that I think the property is worth $930,000, even though they're asking $900,000. So you're only going to get $30,000 in equity capture. Now, this property in North Texas, you're going to capture $53,000 worth of equity. So so take a breath there, and let me explain this to you. You're going to spend $40,000 to buy the asset. The asset is going to return an additional $53,000 in equity to you. That means it's costing you $40,000 to buy $93,000 of equity in this asset. Does that change your mind about the Hawaii property? changes my mind immensely because I am more than doubling my money in this asset if I buy this property in Texas. And here's the other thing. Even if I spend $40,000 to buy this property, I still have $50,000 left. I could go buy a second property that could do the exact same thing for me. So what am I getting at? Well, I would spend, say, $80,000 and I would capture, what, $180,000 in equity? That's Crazy money. But you know what? It is viable. It is real money that will go on your bottom line. And here's the other thing. You own that property for a year and a day, and you qualify for long-term capital gains rates. That means all those short-term capital gains rates, which are terrible, and you don't want to ever pay those, they go off the table when you own that property for one year and one day. That's the acid test for the Internal Revenue Service. And what will they do at that point? They will only charge you long-term capital gains rates if you sell that property. That would allow you to harvest the bulk of that money in a little over a year. Now think about it. We turned $80,000 into $180,000. Let's say, let's just say our cost of sale was $30,000 over those two properties. Uh, that's It's a really high number, but I'm just trying to make the math real easy for us. So we wind up with $150,000 available to us. 
How many properties can we buy with $150,000? Real simple. We could easily get four. And based on the numbers that I've already told you so far in the show, yeah, you could get four properties to replace it. And what if you did it again? What if now you put $150,000 out there, but you're capturing equity, so now you're making like $350,000, $400,000 in total equity gains? Do you see how you can get to a place of financial freedom much faster if you just take a step back and you look at a different way to explore the marketplaces and you look at a different way to understand deal flow? And that's all I'm showing you today is I'm showing you a different way to analyze a particular deal. And at the end of the day, as much as I love Hawaii, as much as I love going to the islands and, and putting my toes in the sand, putting a drink in my hand and just, just doing that Van Halen thing, you know, dreaming of whatever I'm dreaming of, right? At the end of the day, I'm not going to buy any property there because the property in Hawaii is not poised to do the same things for me that properties in Texas are poised to do for me or Oklahoma or Kansas or Missouri or Tennessee or Kentucky or South Carolina or North Carolina or Florida or Alabama or Mississippi or Arizona or should I go on? Yeah, that's the point, folks. There are so many other places in these great United States where you can invest your money and you can get yourself to a place of retirement in the next five years. Remember, I started off the show telling you that I went to Hawaii and I'm paying for it all. I've got the money set aside for it. When, when the credit card bills come in, we're just going to pay the credit card bills off. They're going to be zeroed out and we're going to be good to go. And the reason I was able to do that was by doing the exact same things that I've articulated to you on today's show. I invested in cash flowing assets that were positioned to return great equity returns. That was my secret to success. That's what got me to a place of retirement, not in five years, but it got me to a place of retirement in two years. I'm not bragging. Trust me, I was desperate to get retired because I tried to retire once before when I left the United States Army and I failed. I failed miserably. So getting retired the second time was, was a huge bucket list requirement for me. So I was able to get it done in two years. And this is how I was able to do it. By analyzing available properties, by finding the right properties to put into my portfolio based on the numbers, based on what those numbers do for me, not based on geographical location. Hawaii is beautiful, but I don't want to own property in Hawaii because I know that by owning, owning property in other parts of the United States, I can do much better financially than investing in the great state of Hawaii. So I don't invest in Hawaii. Now, if you invest in Hawaii, what I recommend you do is take a look at what those assets are doing for you. Take a look at what the numbers are telling you and then compare what results you're getting in Hawaii to the results you can get in other parts of the country. And you too may be amazed to find out that you shouldn't be invested in Hawaii either. You should be invested in other parts of the United States. Look, if you want to do what I'm doing, if you want to do what the 50,000 members of Lifestyles Unlimited are doing, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you retired.
Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.